Do you know marketers are collecting everything you do online and they're selling it to anybody who pays? And our government's okay with that. So today, check out my conversation with Ryan Docek, co-founder of the VPN service called TunnelBear. I think we all need it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz and my guest today is Ryan Dochuk. He is the CEO and co-founder of TunnelBear. It is a service to provide simple and private web browsing. So we're going to veer off of marketing just a little bit today. So Ryan, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, John. So when we were talking off air, I, I was talking about um, the the need I think that everybody has for a virtual private network. And a lot of people have worked in big enterprises. Maybe that's how they log in and have for years. But, you know, I, I now think that, uh, that pretty much everybody needs one. And I'm going to point to letting you explain Joint Resolution 34. Sure. So uh, for those that aren't familiar with it, uh, the ISB privacy rules change that I think was what most, pe- most people are calling it, uh, it was a pretty big change in uh, online privacy for nearly all Americans. Um, what's really changed is you can kind of think of information before, whether you're browsing the web and maybe information is being collected by one source, like a, a Facebook or Google, et cetera, would be collecting about your browsing going about the web. But what's really changed for this is the scope of online data collection for, for most Americans. And that really starts with the ISP and the rules that have changed. Um, so it used to be that uh, ISPs weren't necessarily allowed to collect information. If they did, they would have to get your consent to go about doing that. And, and that's changed. So uh, essentially today, uh, an ISP is allowed to now collect your information, all the websites that you browse, um, and share that information and sell that information to third parties. Um, this could be financial institutions, this could be healthcare organizations, this could be data brokers, this could be advertisers. Um, and you know they are already estimating this is going to be a tens of billion dollar industry of this information being resold. And for, for most of us, obviously, uh, don't necessarily like the idea of, of that uh, information being sold to third parties. Uh, some providers are claiming that they'll uh, offer an opt-out in the short term. Hmm. Um, others are not. But uh, in general, it's a, it's a pretty big concern. Where there's money, there won't be any opt-out in my, in my <laughs> But uh, So you, you're sitting up there uh, in Canada. Right, I, I I got that about from one of your uh, uh, comments there, right? And, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so the in the U.S. Uh, this this um, resolution passed right down party lines, um, and so without asking you to get into politics, why would that be? Well, I mean, I think that uh, you've seen a number of, of different uh, kind of lobbyists and other groups or other kind of third parties like EFF highlighting the amount of money that was being transferred uh, from different lobbying groups to, um, you know, people in Congress and, and uh, the government. And uh, it's disappointing. I mean, you can kind of think that there's not really a lot of good reasons why this legislation uh, should have been passed. Uh, it's very, I would describe if there was a, if there was a war on uh, online privacy right now, uh, online consumers or consumers would be, would be losing uh, because of this. Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of benefits to, to the consumer. Yeah, I mean, that, the, you know, let's be really cynical and say it just seemed like a money grab. Uh, I, I, that's your words, but uh, I would definitely agree. <laughs> okay, so what does it mean to us out there that now are appalled? Well, I think uh, at the first 
part of it is I think you really need to kind of start thinking about um, what you're you're doing online. So, and you think about what uh, actually is happening when you browse the web and how that data might be used. So um, when it really starts about you need to think about awareness and kind of how much information you're sharing with these different groups. So uh, a lot of people don't realize today that uh, what they do online, whether that's, you know, uh, web searches that result in them, maybe they decide to look up something related to financial history. Maybe you decide to do something, search around bankruptcy, or maybe you're searching up healthcare, you know, issues. Um, you know, I, for my example, uh, also, you know, I'm a little bit of kind of a worry warts. So I start searching up things around, maybe I have a cold or maybe I have a headache and I start searching up things online. Uh, what people don't realize is that that browsing history uh, is now to be taking consideration to the things that they do. So maybe, for example, you decide to apply for health insurance or life insurance at a later date. That information around your f- historic web browsing might be taken into consideration, not just you know from a few days back or a few months back, but for your entire lifetime. Um, this information could be available to third parties who are maybe deciding whether or not they want to give you a health or life insurance plan. And I think the same goes for you know financial services uh, they may be applying for, maybe your next credit card, maybe your next you know car loan. Um, all of these things are going to start being impacted by your web browsing and web history. And I think for a lot of people, that's that's concerning because you don't necessarily know you have control over it. Um, and a lot of people aren't even, in fact, aware of this at all. Yeah, and I think that that adds a data level that's pretty scary because, I mean, we've always kind of had show me people who bought a new house in the last 30 days. You know, that that kind of data, I think, has been readily available to advertisers. But as you said, you know, now now it's going to it's just going to add so much level to it that will actually allow, you know, in some cases, push advertising at us. But as you hinted, perhaps actually exclude us from opportunities based on, you know, a couple searches, which because I think a lot of people think, oh, well, I don't visit porn sites or I don't do illegal activity online. Why would I care? But I think it's it's really much deeper than that, isn't it? Yeah, I think that there's uh, there's a ama- I mean it's amazing to me to uh, me you know I think six years into working on Tunnel Bear uh, and trying to find different ways to communicate the importance of online privacy and there's a couple there's a there's a few different ways that are my favorite I know um, you might be familiar with Edward Snowden who kind of leaked mm-hmm. NSA documents a few years ago um, I think he has a pretty clever way of saying you know you don't need to saying you don't need to, uh, to worry about online privacy is because you have nothing to hide is like arguing you don't care about free speech because you have nothing to say. And obviously that's kind of more of a political bend on things. But I think that this idea that um, online privacy isn't important to the average person, it's actually really important, both at kind of a, a system and political level that we have kind of this privacy and ability to discuss kind of sensitive topics uh, amongst others, as well as um, I think just the awareness of how much information uh, that's being kind of shared with you with third parties and awareness and control over that information. Um, you know, even simple examples of, uh, from a marketing perspective, you know, uh, my, my grandfather always used to say, you know, negotiate everything, uh, make sure you're getting a great deal on it. So we go to buy a couch at the local store, they would make sure that we kind of get a deal on that. But today, when you arrive at a website, you might not realize that they, they're kind of, uh, you're arriving on the website with a deck against you. So they may know that, you know, you went to four, four or five sites before that, you've been searching this term for a while. Uh, um, and they are kind of prepared to kind of, you know, give you a price that's higher or lower based on your socioeconomic circumstance. Um, you know, I think that's already cases for that where that's happening for airline flights. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, I, I see it happen on Amazon Prime, uh, dynamic pricing, uh, where, you know, they know that I'm a sucker. And every time I go to Amazon, I, you know, I don't even look at the price I just buy. And there, there are definitely documented cases of that. 
All right. And I so, think this is just um, the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's uh, let's dive into. I want to circle back to this uh, marketing, uh, but you know, we've been so far all we've been doing is scaring people. So <laughs> let's <laughs> let's talk a little bit about what TunnelBear does and what a VPN is in general. Yeah, so uh, a VPN, or in this case TunnelBear, um, basically what it does is the information as it's leaving your computer, it basically means it basically encrypts that information or makes it unreadable and then sends that information to a server in another location that could be within your country, might be in another country. Um, and at that point, it's kind of encrypted and then sent out to the Internet. Um, this provides a, a few different benefits. Um, the first benefit is, uh, as it relates to the ISP privacy rules change, because your ISPs are uh, kind of, you kind of think of them between you and, and the internet um, and us uh, protecting you along the way, uh, your ISPs won't be able to read any of the, the data that's sent through their, their connection. That means that any websites you browse or kind of any you know, applications you use uh, or how you use the internet uh, will not be available to your ISP. They'll still know that you're using data, but they won't know exactly what you're doing and where you're going, how you're going about it. Um, the other benefit is from kind of uh, a more broad perspective, one of the most common ways that people are tracked across the internet is their IP address. Um, and for those of you who are familiar with that, basically it's the unique number that the internet kind of gives you when you uh, go and connect to it. And uh, when you use TunnelBear, that IP address is, is kind of hidden or masked. It's uh, given to you uh, when people, you go to a website and you have TunnelBear on, uh, it'll just give them an IP address that relates to TunnelBear. And the benefit is, is, you know, is this unique number, um, they can track that unique number across, for example, advertising networks or other kind of, you know, a variety of different ways people are tracked online. In this way, they'll just see TunnelBear as opposed to having a unique number that matches back to um, that number often also tells you your close proximity to your, ge your geographic location or your physical location, um, as well as just it's a convenient way that, that, that people are tracked online. So. Let's flip that around. I mean, I suppose somebody who does want to participate in shady activity uh, using a VPN would be allow them to do that, wouldn't it? Well, I mean, I think there's uh, a bunch of different scenarios. Uh, I think for people who are looking to do shady activities, there's lots of different ways that people can kind of go and mask and hide uh, their identity online. Uh, VPNs are definitely a way where people can kind of pursue that opportunity. But I think that, you know, I like to think of the, the general population as being overwhelmingly good and kind of entitled to online privacy um, as opposed to kind of looking at as a, a few bad apples who, who want to cause harm, who will who in all likelihood find a way to, to do bad things and, and browse a little more privately regardless. Well, given that some of the privacy has been given away, I mean, does that suggest that uh, that perhaps there are people that don't think that, like the NSA, <laughs> for example, um, in the United States, that are maybe going to look at somebody and say, oh, you're using a VPN, what do you have to hide? Well, I think there's already examples, um, as leaked by Edward Snowden, that I think that identified that people who use VPNs and other encryption um, were kind of priority targets for kind of those intelligence agencies. Um, I would think of it as the the opposite of that. Is I think that the standard should be not looked upon as you know it shouldn't be an anomaly that we use basic privacy and security tools to protect ourselves online. Uh, and in an ideal world, everybody'd be using great online privacy and security tools, and we wouldn't look at this as as an anomaly. Um, and I think that would be kind of um, an ideal outset of kind of viewing it from that perspective. In terms of kind of priority targeting. Um, 
I mean, I think that uh, when I think about those groups and if you're in a type of person who's really concerned about the NSA, maybe you're kind of a reporter in a, in a vulnerable position or have sensitive information, um, there's a, 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 you know, dozens of different things that we should be thinking about beyond just VPNs to make sure that you're secure online. Um, and it's important to kind of, you know, think about that. But, you know, VPN is kind of just one of the ways that people can protect themselves, but uh, not necessarily the only way or the, a way that they would use to get, a, for example, get around uh, NSA targeting. So, so what are some of the kind of, if you're a small business owner and you're out there saying, well, gosh, okay, that privacy thing, that gets my interest. But are there other benefits of using a tool or a service like TunnelBear? For sure. One of the, the most common reasons why people use TunnelBear is actually for basic Wi-Fi security. So maybe for a small business owner and you're working out of um, cafes or you know airports or hotels, a lot of people don't realize that it's it's pretty trivially easy to, you know, uh, kind of attack a router and either commandeer it or bring your own router and kind of uh, create a fake uh, signal that people connect to called free Wi-Fi. And, um, you know, when you do that, you put yourself in a wrong position um, to uh, having your, you know, whether it's identity theft or hijacking kind of certain passwords and information through different websites. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to, to do that. So by using TunnelBear, uh, and if you decide to go use public Wi-Fi, whether it is whether you're traveling or maybe you're at a cafe, airport, et cetera, um, you can protect yourself from having, you know, different uh, kind of, you know, hackers maliciously kind of uh, try and get some of your information. Hey, thanks for listening to the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. If you like this one, you might also like my other podcast, The Consulting Spark, where I interview independent marketing consultants and agency owners and talk about how they built their business and the struggles they face and what they love about being in this business. So you can check it out at ducttapemarketingconsultant.com. Okay, um, now a really serious question. What's up with, <laughs> what's up with the bear? <laughs> yeah, that really starts out uh, at TunnelBear uh, when we first got started around six years ago. Uh, myself and another co-founder, we came from a, a very serious kind of uh, enterprise uh, mobile security startup. And we saw an opportunity in the VPN space. Um, really, at the time, a lot of VPNs were really technical to use, really complicated. Um, and we decided that we wanted to do something different. We wanted to make something just a VPN that was just trivially easy to use. You could just literally use on, off. It did its job in the background. It just got out of your way. And um, with that, we also want to make it a little more fun and approachable. So a lot of the time, we always joke that the kind of old guard around security is like a lock and key, you know, a blue and white shield with a lock and key. Yep. Uh, and we always like to joke in the App Store today, if you go and search for apps, you have, you know, if you search for v VPNs or other kind of services, uh, nine of the 10 of them are, are locks and shields that are blue and white. And then we have a, a bear popping out of a tunnel. <laughs> um, I'll tell you a little secret. We actually uh, have the, the domains for about uh, four or five different animals. I think we have, you know, Tunnel bunny and tunnel dog and a tunnel other ones, but uh, we actually settled on bears because uh, they're both kind of strong and, and protecting, and but also kind of cute and cuddly, and we thought that would be kind of a good uh, good connection with yeah, our customers. There's a bit of nobility around bears too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and we ran with it, so we have lots of bear puns and all that stuff. So uh, sometimes we take a little too far. You, you, have, you have owned it. I'll give you that. So that's awesome. That's awesome. So um, I, I had a quick question myself. This is kind of more more personal question. The, um, a lot of the apps and the tools we use today depend on knowing what our location is. Um, is that uh, does that become problematic? Uh, yeah, yes and no. I mean, I think for certain services, um, I think one of the the more common challenges you run into is, for example. Uh, you know, banks that want to verify that you're within a certain country. So sometimes we'll have a scenario where they're more likely to run into a, 
if you choose an alternate country than from where you originally connect from, then they'll say, okay, you know, make sure you call this number before yeah. uh, you connect to my bank. Um, but uh, it's, it's not too much of a significant problem. I think for other users, uh, the option to turn it off is always there. Um, on our Android application, and which work on other applications, you can actually only tunnel certain apps. So if you're having issues with a certain app, you can always kind of choose to tunnel just a single app. But um, I don't know, have you had problems with yourself? No, 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 no. I just, I, I tell you the one that drives me crazy is the MLB app, and they won't let me watch in-market baseball games. I was trying to figure out a way to, like, tell them I was in Denver instead of Kansas City, but, so I could watch the game, but uh, you're not giving me much hope there. Uh, <laughs> Let us know. We can uh, look and make sure Tunnelbird is working properly. <laughs> um, so, and I will say to your uh, earlier point, uh, dead simple to set up, um, you know, does have the, I think, the user interface that, that's very approachable. Uh, certainly, uh, you know better than me. What are, what, are, what are, I'm a customer, so I can say, what are we paying, uh, you know, not not very much for all this security, in my opinion, like five bucks a month or something, right? Yeah, that's right. I think it's uh, right now we're uh, $60 a year, so which works at about five bucks a month. So a company that, you know, talks about security and talks about internet privacy and, you know, kind of holds themselves out there um, has to actually take some of this. They have to practice what they preach as well. So do you take kind of, or at least I believe they do, do you take kind of special interest in saying, hey, we want to hold ourselves out there as an example for what privacy as a marketer should be? Yeah, we go to, uh, I would say, pretty extreme lengths to make sure we, we kind of practice what we preach. Um, I think it really started a, a few years ago when we revisited our privacy policy um, and really just to, took a really hard look um, at all the different ways that we were collecting information or not collecting information uh, from our users. Um, from the get-go of our company, we knew privacy was going to be a big focus. And from the day one, I think there's um, I mean, I think there's a big trend in general when you think about startups today that uh, when you get rolling, more information you collect about your users and under how you understand your users, the better. Right. Uh, I think what I think what a lot of people don't really think about is um, how that information and how they collect it can actually also be a liability in circumstances mm-hmm. um, with all the different services that are being compromised on a regular basis or whether them having kind of too much data and not really being able to make sense of it through kind of good analytics and insights. Um, from TunnelBear, we really... Uh, took a minimal approach to how much we started collecting data from day one. Um, another example uh, in terms of our privacy policy is uh, we basically went line by line, column by column in our, our database to make sure that everything that we do um, or we say we do in our privacy policy is actually reflected. And in circumstances where there is confusion as to why we might collect a certain piece of data, uh, I'll give you an example of uh, first name where we used to collect people's first and last name. Uh, we kind of did it for marketing reasons because we want to have fun, friendly emails and greetings when we email people. Uh, and we realized after that this wasn't necessarily critical to our business. We kind of decided to remove it and uh, we kind of posted why we removed it and actually kind of went through our database and sanitized all that information. Uh, another example is credit cards. You know, we used to collect a little more credit card information and postal codes because it helped us with our anti-fraud activities. Um, after a while, we realized that, you know, through different strategies, we could uh, didn't necessarily need that information before. We were kind of reviewed on an annual basis and removed it. And kind of just putting this out there as transparency as to our users so that they know that um, we're making the effort to minimize how much information that we collect upon our users. Um, and if we do have to collect some information for business reasons, the reasons why we do it and having this kind of transparent relationship with them has uh, has been really important for us. And, you know, we know for, uh, with, we have like a high degree of confidence that, for example, um, you know, we can be very transparent with our users and, and, and they know that uh, we, we, we do what we say we do. Yeah, and I, and I think that, that you, 
in effect, you're putting a little bit of a target on yourself, you know, when you put yourself out there as a company that that is, you know, fighting the good fight for whatever you're fighting for that, you know, you do have to. I mean, it's like every time I write an article, like the five biggest grammar mistakes you can make, I guarantee you, <laughs> I guarantee you I will get responses to that from people showing the grammar mistakes that I've made. So it, it, uh, it definitely, I think, uh, it bodes well for the brand, but I think it also is a great example for people to follow. So, uh, Ryan, uh, where can people find out more about, really, I think, just privacy in general, but then obviously also uh, um, TunnelBear? For sure. So you can go to TunnelBear.com, T-U-N-N-E-L-B-E-A-R.com, and go to our website. If you're looking for kind of the latest around privacy information, I think there's a few different sites that uh, have a great update. Um, EFF.org or Electronic Frontier Foundation is a great job, uh, I think, summarizing and kind of promoting kind of online privacy and electronic kind of rights uh, based in the U.S. Uh, Open Media does a great job uh, out here in, in uh, Canada and other uh, countries. And um, I think if they're looking to a really simple app to help them browse a little more privately online and maybe avoid uh, ISP data collection. I think TunnelBear is a great place to start. Awesome. Thanks uh, for taking the time to join us uh, today, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll catch up with you uh, out there on the road. Great. Thanks, John. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. I wonder if you could do me a favor. Could you leave an honest review on iTunes? Your ratings and reviews really help, and I promise I read each and every one. Thanks.